Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Today we lead with our second installment of the new Final Room Productions original audio adventure, The Troll of Stony Brook. It's about an awkward teenager who hits a troll while driving home one night and the repercussions of that action. Um, last week we um, had Jamie, met our protagonist. He is uh, an awkward guy, hit something big with his car on the way home from a party. Um, next day at work, a friend, uh, or something like a friend, egged him on to investigate more, and uh, we were left with them in the car headed over to find this creature. So this week they find... What they were looking for, and it is more than they ever bargained for, and it is cornered and angry. Episode 2, The Troll of Stony Brook. Final Rune Productions presents The Troll of Stony Brook by Frederick Greenhalge. Part 2, A Strange Discovery. Things were starting to happen to me. It all started when I was driving home late at night. I hit something that, that wasn't human. I was sure of it. And Rick, a friend of mine, uh, well, a guy I know at any rate, Rick dragged me out to find out what happened. I knew it wasn't a good idea, but for some reason I always just went along with what Rick said, even if it would get us into trouble. Depressed? Worn out? Looking for magic in your life? Then look no further than Dr. Clinton's Magical Herbal Remedy. A concoction of seven superfoods combined with a proprietary blend of herbs to reinvigorate your spirit. Yeah, it's somewhere near here, the... Culverts? Yeah, 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 here, see the blood? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Oh, this blood is like green. What? For real. Look, did you squish a gigantic frog, dude? It's all green. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what it looks like when it dries up. <laughs> this is nuts, dude. Wow, frog blood. Look, I'm not sure where it went, I guess. It's just, I don't know, he was... Down here, right, see. It went crashing off this way. All right, all right, well, well let's just get going, come on. <laughs> Are you kidding, man? Let's go track this thing down. No, I, I don't think that is a good idea at all, Rick. <laughs> what, are you scared? I mean, it's only like a, a moose or something, right? Unless, unless you really think it's Bigfoot. Well... <laughs> Later, Pansy, I wanna check this out. All right, all right, fine. Yeah, but just wait, wait up. Come on, wait for me. Jeez, man, can you just relax? Dude, check it out. What? Yeah, I know. It's like one of those hobo villages you see on TV. Oh, man, look at this place. There's like trash all over the place, old bottles, cans. Oh. Something smells pretty ripe. Look at this campfire. And you think, you think this is a bed? What, a, a pile of brush? Man, even homeless people can find a mattress or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's that smell? Oh, it's coming from this tent. Let me see. Oh, holy. Jeez, gross, dude. What? What is it? It's like, it's like half a cow, man. No way. Yeah, dude, it, he totally took out Bessie. Oh, gross. Oh. That's disgusting. <laughs> we gotta trash this place proper, man. 
No normal dude is eating cows. Look, why don't we just leave? Just leave him alone. Well, look at all this weird stuff. Bones, axes, some gold watch, a CD, a propane canister. Rick! Tin pots, knives, serving spoons, cassette tapes. Cassette tapes? <laughs> like, totally old school, man. Look, that's great. I'm just gonna go, okay? Look. <laughs> look at this thing. What kind of a homeless dude has a big rock shaped like a, a chick's head? Rick! Whoever this guy is, he is one twisted son of a- Rick, that's him! <laughs> that's the guy! So bring it on. Tell that fat bastard to come get me. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you see this? It's my dad's Ruger. He keeps it in the bedroom. You have a gun? Who knows what we're gonna find out here, dude. Hey you, come out and show your green ass. <laughs> what the? <laughs> you bastard. Rick! <laughs> Son of a bitch is throwing rocks at us. <laughs> come get some. Rick, chill out, chill out. <laughs> you see? I got it. Scared him off, you pansy. <laughs> <laughs> And that was episode two of The Troll of Stony Brook. If you like it and you want to hear what happens next, you can uh, stay tuned to next week. We'll have part three. Or you can visit finalrune.com forward slash troll. You can purchase the entire 30-minute production as well as two musical bonus tracks there for the ridiculously low price of $2.99. You can support Final Rune's original audio dramas and get a pretty nice story all at the same time. Good stuff. Uh, so, in the spirit of short serialized audio drama, we're keeping up uh, with two more episodes now of what we heard last week um, from Tom Lopez's newest Wind Lady Windenmere's uh, Brass Von Hobulus comic book like steampunk adventure making its waves out through YouTube and Vimeo and, of course, the ZBS.org website. Uh, last week, we heard all about how France was to blame for the not-so-great war and other um, spying mishaps thanks to Windenmere's um, Ampel Derriere and some pranks that she was pulling off. Uh, now, two more episodes, episode three and four, and uh, if you want more after this, you can wet your taste for that at ZBS.org. <laughs> But Pepe Le Pew wasn't French at all. Of course not. He was Boots Wellington, director of the Department of Fear and Panic. Lord Wellington was the true Le Pew? Boots loved to have fun with the Huns, and the French always got the blame. Then how did Van Snipe get his revenge? Boots Wellington was having an affair with a woman by the name of Marlena Blitzkrieger. Blitzkrieger? My God, you don't mean the notorious Prussian spy. At that time, she had not yet become notorious. But surely Lord Wellington, being the director of a department of misinformation, would have some knowledge of her scandalous activities. Men in high places are magnets for scandal, especially when it presents itself in such shapely form. But good Lord, man, even before the entire world knew she was a spy, Lord Wellington must have been aware that Marlena Blitzkrieger was the protege of Professor von Snipe. The man who will stop at nothing. Of course Wellington knew. Sir Boots saw an opportunity not only to have some fun, but also to see what he could squeeze from her. Do you know this for a fact? I do. 
Lady Windermere had more than one recording device. She would, upon occasion, leave her brass bustle behind. And here we have a provocative recording of Sir Boots with Marlena Britsbriga. Is to feel good, yeah, her booty? Oh, God, it feels heavenly. I say she's one fine Fräulein, my, my. Her booties. There is rumor that the Frenchman, her Pepe Le Pew's, is of your creation, yeah? Oh, my lovely Marlena. Why would I want to create a Frenchman when there are so many already? Perhaps it's a puppet master, yeah? Oh, there are far too many puppets in the world for either one of us to master, wouldn't you say? Nine. Mm. Without puppet master, puppets of the world unite, yeah? Uh, I rather doubt that. Likely their strings will become entangled and they'll trip each other up and just flop about on top of one another. If I would trip with you now, do you have Oh, yeah, indeed, you sweet little vixen. Oh, what a nice big hide, eh? Ow! Ow! Do it again. Ow! Oh! And two more ones, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah! Oh! Oh! oh. Correct me if I'm wrong, Footsfoots. The French had a spy in Van Snipe's Bureau of Misinformation. When Marlena Blitzkrieger discovered it was Lord Wellington who was masquerading as a Frenchman by the name of Pepe Le Pew, an animated skunk. And further, when the American Negro from New Orleans, known as the Hoochie Coochie Man, arrived in London, passing himself off as the Sultan Abdullah Ochman Orbanman, the Blackamoor, and playing the Sultan as a buffoon, thusly embarrassing the French who were in possession of North Africa, they believed the Americans and the English were working together to discredit the French. Exactly. And the frog has decided to ante up by embarrassing both the Yanks and the Brits. Tell me, Footsfoots, did you ever meet the Hoochie Coochie Man? I did. In fact, he walked into my laboratory one day just as I was putting the finishing touches on my latest invention, the Steam Man. The giant steam-powered robot. Yes, I recall how the Hoochie Coochie Man looked up at the great iron fellow and said, Oh, man, he's bad. What's he do? He can pull a carriage. Like a horse? He's far stronger than any horse. In fact, he can pull several carriages. Was he made of cast iron? That's right. <laughs> can you, uh, make him white? What's that? White. Paint him white. White paint? I don't think paint would be appropriate. <laughs> but perhaps baked white enamel? That's a clever idea, Mr. Hoochie Coochie Man. <laughs> Just call me Coochie. Listen, you make him white and bake him. I'll buy him. Oh, I don't know if he's quite costly. You give me a figure. I got it covered. So we had the giant robot disassembled, and all his exposed surfaces were coated with white enamel. And he was baked and then reassembled, and I must say he was a glorious creature to behold. Was Mr. Coochie really that wealthy? Apparently, he was one of the early southern colored entrepreneurs. He owned a chain of upscale juke joints throughout the south. In fact, he paid me in hard Confederate cash. And what did he do with his steam-driven robot? Well, at first, he had him pull a carriage, but then he decided to simply ride around his wide enameled shoulders. Do you mean riding around London on a robot? The two went everywhere together, often as far as Chiswick Gardens, and it was then when Mr. Coochie Man started calling his robot Mr. Cracker. Oh, I get it. White Cracker. Quite clever. You'd see him sitting atop Mr. Cracker as they struggled about the town. Oh, I wish I was in Pixie. Way, way, in Pixie Land, I'll make my stand. Way, way, 
him so he can get a little steam up. Oh, Coochie, I really need your help. Lady Wendy, I'm through playing softer Abdullah Ahmad Atu Ban Man. But Coochie, the Sultan is such a schmuck. <laughs> I'm never going to get away with it. But don't you just love to get even? <laughs> the Sultan, he's going to get even. His henchmen are going to come looking for Mr. Coochie Man. So Lady Chatterley and the Pinkerton pranksters were directly funded by Wellington's Department of Fear and Panic? Their purpose was to create misleading information. They would leak doctored photos to the press. Like the canisters of kraut gas that were to be dropped from zeppelins onto bathers at Brighton Beach. <laughs> that was the work of the pranksters. They also launched the King Ferdinand fiasco. No, no, they merely enhanced it. Let me see. I have a recording, a rare recording of it. Oh, here it is. Professor von Snipes speaking on the telly with his protege, Marlene Blitzkrieger. We have sent an U-boat. Yeah? In the dead of night, except by moonlight, on the white cliffs of Dover, our sailors are spraying at this very moment a gigantic replica of Queen Victoria. Queen? <laughs> yeah, their beloved queen they paint with mustard and, and a Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we make so someone else receives the blame. <laughs> that painting caused such an incredible uproar, we almost went to war. It was a monumental insult, a portrait of our beloved queen, bearded on the white cliffs of Dover, where she could be seen from miles out to sea. And the painting was signed. It was signed Dago Red. Dago Red? No, Dago was the code name of a very slippery Italian who worked for the Vatican's Bureau of Misinformation. The Vatican has such a bureau? Of course. Where do you think all that papal bull comes from? Regardless, Dago was merely a red herring. Von Snipe was far cleverer. So Basil Hound of Scotland Yard found an empty can of paint bobbing in the surf near the Dover Cliffs. It was the same sickly shade of Dago puce used on the Queen's lips. They traced it back to the Spanish monarchy. King Ferdinand was dabbling in graffiti? No, it was Lord Wellington who made the connection to the king. The director of the Department of Fear and Panic? Sir Boots Wellington. But Footsfoots, Lord Wellington made the wrong connection. They didn't know that at the time, Cowputter. Such was the devious mind of Herr von Snipe. The man who will stop at nothing. Yes, and Lady Chatterley of the Pinkerton Pranksters was once again called in. Recruits, we have a new assignment to embarrass King Ferdinand of Spain. It is believed the Spanish king was behind that god-awful portrait of our queen that now adorns the white cliffs of Dover. All of Europe is in stitches. I hope those froggies croak. Yes, Sheila? Oh, why would the Spanish king do this to our queen? Well, 
apparently he was trying to blame it on the Italians. No, Matt said, I need some ideas. <laughs> yes, Nigel? Can we doctor photos of the king being driven in a carriage that resembles a fat Spanish sausage? Oh, a chorizo? <laughs> of course we can doctor photos. Uh, yes, Reginald? A photo of the king bathing nude with a troop of Basque fats called... The hot chorizos. Oh, not bad, Reggie. Yes, Sheila. A doctored photo of King Ferdinand frolicking nude with the entire Vienna Boys Choir. Oh, <laughs> very good. A plus for you, Sheila. <laughs> That is exactly what they did, but the Belgians got the blame. Why the Belgians? I really don't know. I believe it had something to do with their Belgian Congo. The British Empire wanted a piece of that. So the Italians escaped that round. But not for long. The spaghetti snappers were on the shortlist. Deglo Red was too good a name not to be forged yet again. Yes, my dear. Sir Basil Hound of Scotland Yard is on the phone. Put him through. Boot! Hound! What scent are you tracking this time? I regret to say yours, Sir Boots. My, my, what did I do? Your little affair with Marlena Blitzkrieger. I assure you, Hound, it's quite harmless. Actually, I rather enjoy it. You do know about Fraulein Blitzkrieger? She's a notorious spy. Why? She'll walk all over you, Boots. Boots, this affair is no joking matter. Blitz Krieger has provided some very intimate insights into the inner workings of her highness. She's dangerous. It was from Blitzkrieger that I discovered it was not the Italians who defiled our queen on the white cliffs of Dover. It was those sneaky Spaniards. And if Blitzkrieger's information turns out to be bogus, what will you do, Boots? Give her a good spanking. <laughs> Watch yourself, she's bad. Oh, and she's bad. She is so good. Do try to be discreet, Boots. No problem. Cheerio. Yo-ho. Hoochie man. I that voice. Hold up here, Mr. Grant. That you, Lady Wendy? Gucci. What are you doing, riding on the shoulders of that steam machine? This here's what I call the Cracker Man. Well, I heard about your white enameled steam robot, but I didn't realize he was such a big fellow. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a big, fat boiler belly. I can cover a lot of miles with Mr. Cracker. Coochie, I need to talk to you about something. Come on up. How do I get up there? There's rungs on his back. You just climb up the ladder. Oh, my. He's hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just filled his belly full of coal. Did Barking Footfoots design this? I had to modify him a little. So, ha, Coochie, where are you going? I thought we'd take a stroll around Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> you comfortable? I'll settle in. Okay. Get up, Mr. Cracker. Ooh, this is wild. Oh, yeah. You see those white folks step aside when Mr. Cracker comes stomping their way. Coochie, would you help me with the Sultan if you didn't have to impersonate him again? Hmm. You still trying to even the score with that uh, old Blackamoor? He's causing problems. Who's in cahoots with? 
Frenchies? No, the Hans. Professor Ludwig von Snipe. Von Snipe? The man who will stop at nothing? The man who has no sense of humor. Ever since the Hindenburger flatulence fiasco, he's been on the warpath. He's now trying to align the Tsar. The Ruskies? The Tsarina will be visiting Paris this weekend. And von Snipe has arranged a meeting. In fact, she's flying in on his private Zeppelin. I take it it won't be filled with crowd gas. No, but it is a perfect opportunity to cause an international embarrassment. Why are you telling me? Isn't this the sort of thing for Lady Chatterley and her pickets and pranksters? It is. In fact, we've been collaborating. We need the great white robot. Mr. Cracker don't go nowhere without the coochie man. I know. That's why I need you. So you mean me and Mr. Cracker get to see a gay Paris? All expenses paid. Hmm. And what does this coochie man have to do? The Tsarina won't be on that Zeppelin. So who's Von Snipe gonna meet? An impersonator. Uh, now hold on there. Coochie man can't play no Tsarina. I mean, isn't she a white Russian or something? I will play the Tsarina. You speak Russian? Yeah, duh. I will transform myself into Tsarina Alexandra Fyodorovna. <laughs> Sounds like you pull it off. Mm. But what about the real Tsarina? She's game. You two know each other? We're friends. She'll be busy shopping. She loves bargains. Can't find them when she's being a Tsarina. So, uh, she's gonna be you. And you gonna be her? That's right. Man, you got me all intrigued. Will Mr. Cracker and Mr. Coochie accept our invitation? Okay, but I'm not playing no blackamoor. No more. No. For those of you who have the thankless job of making up misinformation, always keep in mind, war may be hell for those who are fighting it, but for the rest of the world, it's entertainment. Your job is to turn death and destruction into a distraction. Our most popular forms of entertainment are basically bash them, blast them, or blow them away. People need to believe it's a game. When thousands are being slaughtered, what do you call it? Shock and awesome. <laughs> War is exciting. War is sexual. War will turn you on. As long as the bombs aren't dropping on you. <laughs> Tell me, Tsarina, if there is a great war, will your empire stand with the forces of good or with the forces of evil? Why is good good? It is so boring. Do not find evil much more excites Herr von Schnieper. <laughs> ah, evil, she can be good. And good, she can be evil. <laughs> but we, Tsarina, we are very good, yeah? You will use evil to achieve ends, Herr von Schnieper? Oh, no, no, never. We who will triumph, we who will rule the world, we will never do evil, <laughs> will we, Tsarina? Use a cooperation with Imperial Russia. Why, Herr von Schnieper? Charina, let me show you a map. Here. Here is world as we know. Oh, oh, 
I thought you were holding a menu. Oh. <laughs> well, a map is a menu, yeah. Point to what you would like, Charina. For appetizer or for entree? Both. Dessert too, Charina. Mm, let me see. For appetizer, um, Poland. Uh, Czechoslovakia, Hungary. Oh, 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 I have my heart set on Poland. Then you have Poland for a while. Then we have Poland for a while. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's see. I'll also take Austria, Belgium, Denmark. And for entree? Please, Charina, ladies first. Ah, China, Mongolia, India, Japan. Afghanistan? No, not bad for digestion. Fair enough. And now you, Herr von Schnipp. <laughs> France, Italy, United Kingdom, of course. Ah, Africa. Brazil, Mexico, and States of America. I don't think so. No. No? Not all states, no. Well, maybe we can split 50-50? We're divide. You see how states are separated along lines of Mason and Dixon? I'll take Mason, you take Dixon. You take North with factory, iron, industry, and give me what? Chitlin, grit, and black-eyed peepers. But, Charina, this house also has cotton, tobacco, sugar, and those soulful Negro songs about my dear old mommy. Who is that? <laughs> mammy, my mammy, I'd walk a million miles for one of your smiles, my dear old Alabama mammy. Is that the great white robot with Coochie Hoochie Man astride here sitting? Mr. Coochie come from South States of New Orleans. Ah. Well, Professor Von Snipe and Lady Windermere, impersonating Tsarina, were leaning out of the window, looking down on the great white robot strolling up the Champs-Élysées. Lady Windermere, with her back turned to the map of the world, was taking photographs from her brass fantabulous. So that's where the photographs of the infamous map of the world came from. Exactly. If you take South States, I toss in Mexico. Thank you, Herr von Schnipper. And that was more of Tom Lopez's Lady Windermere's Brass Fantabulous. If you'd like to hear more of that, additional episodes up at zbs.org. Click on the pictures of the Victorian-looking lady. Great stuff there. Uh, steampunk swag, mugs, T-shirts, and a word on a new Jack Flanders story. I cannot wait. Um, if you haven't heard much Jack Flanders, uh, do check it out at zbs.org, and maybe we'll get some more here on Radio Drum Revival before too long. So, uh, in the meantime, somewhere around 150 hours of material up at radiodramarevival.com. Uh, new ways to connect with the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Radio Drama or search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival. Of course, always on iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. More good stuff next time, but that, however, wraps it up for this particular week. Uh, Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains later original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. 
Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.